I've been replaced by Gio Martinez. What the graph? I appreciate that you brought him on for an interview, but can you imagine looking down and being like, oh my God. I knew it was going to be someone who was better at me, better at jiu-jitsu than I was, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is emotionally not always easier outside the cage. With me, of course, the two-timer, Rafa Sparza. Raf, how are you doing this evening? Is it really two-timing when I change the podcast for the better? Uh, well, that's what it's both cheating and it's beneficial. That's where it's the two-timing. Okay, I, I, I just wasn't sure where we fell on it. I might not know what that phrase meant. That's that's just how I use it. Mm. Multiple things. Interesting. I just I, you listen. Uh, you were not able to do the podcast, and I didn't hold it against you. And then you gave me your blessing to go. <laughs> I don't remember do, that. You one hundred percent gave blessing. Bold face, all check. You did, and you said. Raf, I give you my blessing. My name is Kevin <laughs> That's Phillips. That's how we talk when we're yes, figuring correct. this stuff out. <laughs> we're very formal about it. We have to submit it in writing and then have a carrier pigeon take it to the other. Just it's Even if we're in the same room. Absolutely. Like, it's our process. Most of the times, Kevin will get his adorable dogs to come bring it to me. Uh, oh, I actually I had a fun conversation where I was telling people about the process of you having puppies by your side at all times. And I was like, man, you should see our different working environments. You really just should. You really should see me getting focused and like writing down notes and Kevin being like, time to smoke and puppy. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, that's the jet engine field that makes this podcast puppy. work. guys. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We've got breaking news. Let's, let's get breaking straight to news. it. Bum, bum, this is huge bum, news. Bum, bum, bum. All right, guys, what if I were to tell you that the inevitable happened, that yes, at Chelsea and Submission Underground, a submission did happen, and that submission came from one John Jones who took out Dan Hendo Henderson. Hold on. When you say took out, mm-hmm. Hendo's still alive, right? Oh, yeah, from what we know. <sighs> That's a load off. Okay. We're g- okay, what was the submission? Uh, I think it was – I thought it said guillotine. Stars. I am actually oh, yes. going to double-check that right now. It, I mean we know what it was. Everybody knows what it was. beat him by youth is yeah. I think what it is. He used youth and superior Big everything. ass arms and just did that squeeze he does, which is pretty uh, difficult. <laughs> I mean I was more fearful that he was going to like out-grapple Hendo so much – that Hendo was going to try and H-bomb him. That was my big fear. <laughs> that would really... I actually also had moments where it was like, how are these guys not going to accidentally elbow each other in half guard? There's no chance. <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, the phrasing from Flow Grappling says, John Bones Jones wins the night with his submission victory over Dan Henderson. But not before calling out Chael Sonnen for a match at Submission Underground. <laughs> okay. Uh, somebody in the comment section said, was it completely one-sided or did Dan put up a good fight? The response, one-sided. Uh. So, listen, guys. Uh, I mean, John Jones is going to take out 
his frustrations, his, um, well, how do you say this? You know, when you lose some testosterone because of just some reason, we don't know why we don't, you're going to have to find other ways to go ahead and replace it. Well, I, I mean, maybe he's doing that here. Who knows, Kevin? I'm not saying John Jones has failed drug tests. I'm just saying science has. Yeah, and he's off. He's off the uh, radar for. Well, I I want to look at what his deal is while he's suspended. I have no idea, but I mean, for the grappling community, it does raise awareness because it, he is a huge star. So we do miss seeing him in the octagon because he is quite good. He has gone through his demons. He's been on the Joe Rogan podcast. He explained several of those demons, saying that he would get so blackout drunk a week before a fight so that he would just have an excuse to say he lost for that reason. Okay. That's intense. Uh, Somebody asked on uh, the comment section, or just commented, they said, be a man and call out Gordon Ryan. (laughs) Which I think raises the question, does he know who Gordon Ryan is? I don't know, but that's awesome. Great comment. Be a man. Call out oh, Gordon no. Ryan. I have bad news for you, Kevin. <laughs> my my number of uh, things that I belong to have uh, finally gotten to me. I, I looked to see who shared it. And uh, Verbal Tap hasn't. But Early Late Night with Raph as far as it definitely shared. Oh, perfect. Yeah, that'll happen occasionally. <laughs> hey, when that... Oh, no. <laughs> it's kind of... Well, it's kind of pop culture, too. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> One would argue maybe more on the, you know, MMA comedy side, but, you know. It's I'm so lot, happy it's that a all of my, <laughs> my late night talk show nerd friends are going to be like, what? Okay, sure. If you think this is funny, Raph, okay. Maybe you so. were running out of battery. You forgot I don't to know. In. I just, I, I'm losing it here. Um, I'm trying to still find out uh, the results uh, between that. And it looks like... Uh, Everything. Let me see. Misha in overtime won her match. And it looks like the two of them are sharing the belt together. Aw, adorable. So there is that. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to watch it. We're just looking over here. But there is something to note, guys, because we have broken that news. We cannot wait to watch it and see how it all went. But, Kev, what if I were to tell you we might have some interesting news on what may be going down on the next Submission Underground. Oh, I'm interested in this news. Please. What if I were to tell you, and this is just the word on the street, okay? Yeah. I read this on BJJ Eastern Europe, so <laughs> it's fact. <laughs> Apparently, there is talk that it is going to be Gary Tonin versus Dean Lister. I want to see that. Now, match. I want to, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Sounds Everybody great. wants to see that match. And with good reason, because uh, this is giving up a big size difference between the two. Okay. It goes into the Gary narrative of Perfect. Gary wants to show that he's the top grappler. Dean is a legend. They both probably want to show that their leg lock system is better. And I think it really prompts a great discussion. That's a great sort of thing that that would get. Uh, some kind of airtime on Submission Underground. So if that is indeed what's going on, and I'm led to believe it might be because you might have seen Gary put two Jiu-Jitsu magazine covers together on his Instagram, one with him and one with Dean Lister. 
he's either playing into the mentality or we've got that coming up for sure. So uh, stay tuned. We may have to talk with one of those people to see uh, what they think about it. So let's see uh, what happens here, guys. Badass, by the way. <laughs> you go. Uh, I This is nice for Submission Underground, too, because some of these matches, even the Hendo versus John Jones, I'm obviously interested because, you know, I'm going to watch it. But uh, I don't think it quite's gotten the grappling community's dander up. This one will. It's a good fight. Mm. I like this. I like Gary is uh, a crazy person. Dean's a savage of legendary status, as you pointed out. It's going to be cool. Because you know we're not going to be worrying about much guard pulling here, crew. This is going to get straight to leg locks. Everybody buckle down. Buckle down what's important to you. This one's fun. I have to say on our Facebook page, uh, we had one individual. And I think they mean this sincerely. But (laughs) I couldn't help but get a little bit of a laugh when uh, I was reading their comments. And maybe you'll understand why. As uh, their phrasing was just a little bit awkward. Because when they heard about the two, they said, I'd be more interested if they went for stuff other than heel hooks. What? Yeah. I'd be interested in a heel hooks only match. I want to <laughs> double down on it. I want them to be like, no, anything else. We're just going to see. We're going to leg lock. Uh, what do you think my response was? If you're just betting what kind of things I say, knowing me the way you know me, what do you think? I think this one might have gotten a, uh, nah. It's pretty close. All I put was, meh. <laughs> the follow-up from him was when all they do is go after each other's heels i feel like i'm watching aggressive footsies what happened to good old-fashioned arm bars and chokes that's funny so what i said was um and i feel this is my my true response this is not just something we put up just to be trolling uh which the internet does do by the way we learned this lesson uh, continuously we just put up the geo post uh on reddit fun story about reddit we said Geo responds to in the last episode that we did. Um, Geo responds to uh, you know his feelings on EBI ten, Eddie Cummings, and internet trolls who said he was stalling. One Reddit listener or audience member said, "So what you're saying is, if you say that Geo was stalling, then you're a troll." <laughs> And I'm like, oh, okay, well, they want to prompt some discussion. Let's go ahead and put that out there. The discussion on that one is quite simple. A lot of people are using Geo's use of stalling in the negative context. So, yes, it does exist that people out there are trying to deter from Geo's win to say that it would have gone that way if other rule sets had been in existence or they did a different type of match. But I have news for everybody who does think that the rules were the rules. Everybody subscribed to that. I have not heard one iota out of Eddie Cummings saying that it was an illegitimate win. I've heard Gio have a fantastic response in saying, you know, he's an aggressive guy. He got put in bad spots and he's not a dummy. And he wanted to really try to submit oh, him shit. and he couldn't there. By the way. So guess what happens when I put that response, Kev? What? Initial downvote. Boo. Oh. That's too reasonable and fair and balanced. So 
there are some people, and I mean, this only proves one thing is this. You can put anything you want, but if you are saying that his win isn't as impressive because he was stalling, then yes, you are probably saying it in negative light. If you were saying it in a negative light, you're overlooking the fact that that was a fantastic match. It made everybody on edge, not just because of how dangerous Eddie Wolverine Cummings is. I don't think anybody would think that, but also because it's a testament to Gio's will. And I don't think the strategy was, all right, let's put myself in danger because I'm super flexible. I think it was, oh, shit, I'm in trouble. I need to not let him submit me. So anyway, I think some people started upvoting it a little bit later. But I love how everybody had a, a jumping moment when they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you saying about trolls? Hold up. We're people too. And we don't like, like I didn't I didn't know that they were so offended by words. So anyway, that was a nice little side. But yes, we found out that words do matter, Kevin. And we found out that people can be very, very particular well, about can, the types of matches. I just they ask want this. Yeah, go ahead. Did they see Eddie Cummins' first two submissions? That shit does not have a rolling cursory of time where you can <laughs> plant your... I actually was really impressed on the other side of this with Geo's patience is the word I would use. Uh, so, yeah, I do still take offense. People were like, he was stalling. I was like, the fuck are you talking about? He wasn't, he wasn't fighting some random blue belt having some fun tired at an end of tournament. This is ridiculous. This is Eddie Cummins. If you move, um, he will break your knee. Well, let's let's discuss maybe a little bit more of what happened on that thread because I find it fascinating. Uh, somebody put up and they said, uh, it's not Gio's fault he was able to beat someone better than him because of a shitty rule system. That doesn't mean it was a legit win. Okay. It has negative two points and I think with good reason. But yeah. I love that people want to shit on the rule system. And listen, the same we have been very clear. Highlighted previous champions absolutely it depends on you know sometimes they like the rule system every other ebi they decide they hate it i like it um i i'm just saying this we have talked on this podcast about the good and the bad of that rule system we have we have done it but the one thing we won't do is say guess what you didn't win we can say that maybe in a submission only match eddie cummings has a very good possibility of submitting geo but the best part about Geo Let's is that out. he's willing to fucking do it. So it's 100%. not like he's running away and he's saying like, eh, I don't want to. I just want to stick to my EBI because that's the only rule set. Eh. Like, I don't get it. Uh, there's there's one other thing I think I would like to bring up because I think the payoff on this chain is so worth it, Kev. Okay? Yeah. This person said exactly what we were saying. Okay? Uh, in... The opposite way. It says Eddie beats Geo in submission only, no time limit, nine times out of ten. Eddie beats Geo, EBI rules, seven to eight times out of ten, which I love is the caveat. Not 7.5, but like, eh, I don't really want to give you a full odds on this. Seven to eight times out of ten. IBJJF, don't know, don't care. A responder said, in reality, Geo beats Eddie 100% of the time they competed. Because that's what actually happened. And, and it says what happens in this person's personal fantasy world. Don't know. Don't care. Now, Kev, would you like to know what the response from the original poster on that chain was? Definitely. Eat a bag of oh dicks, twat. 
Okay. Negative four points. Yay, Reddit. You're uh, so good. Yeah. Nice job self-governing, Reddit. <laughs> this is a, a nice little thing we like to call Reddit with verbal tap. Or should we call this segment We Read It? We said that. Yeah, there you go. I like anyway, it. It's like what, once a week we're going to call you out. We're going to make fun of you publicly because we can't. And we're not going to give you a username either. Suck it. No. Downvote. No. There you Down- go. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say this uh, from you guys on this one because it is important to note. It is so good to have these discussions and to, to you know, play, I guess, quarterback the next day. I, for one, I love the match. We have no dog in this fight. We like Gio. We like Eddie. They gave us a great match. And I really wish we could just appreciate that for what it is because it was fucking awesome. And so all these weird little like paradigms and and, uh, fucking getting over this shit is it's so weird. So I don't know, man, it just was a it was a fun exchange to watch happen. Well, I was like, so do you guys like the interview? No. No, you didn't listen to it? You're just going to fight on here? Cool. All right. Well, bye, everybody. Bye. So, bye. And that'll conclude that with this. But, yes, we are interested to see what those guys have to say because, uh, you know, Gary would be great with Dean. It'd be great to get that. I know there's a lot of people who are intrigued to see where this goes. So we'll keep you guys posted. I'm definitely uh, interested in that sub only match, by the way. And mm-hmm. I speak for m- most sane people. Mm. Raf, your gut. And tell me if you're in consideration. Mm. Are you part of the dream team of commentating? Featuring Charles Barkley, Hakeem Olajuwon. <laughs> I, is Bird? Yeah, Bird's on that team, so is Magic. You're just trying to... It's going to be hard to fit them all. Cage I don't know how many of them fall yeah. MMA, but... Are you, are you part of the dream team? I wish I was. First of all, I could never be in the same shot as those people. I'd be far too short. They'd have to get like the Kevin Hart stool step for me. Second, okay, Kevin's referring to the fact that there has been some rumors going around town. We had heard that maybe they were going to get rid of Joe Rogan. Well, another report this week is apparently coming out and saying maybe it's not Joe who's getting the can. Maybe this is time to get rid of Goldie. Now, I don't know. It's a tough one because picking on Goldie is a pastime on the show and he doesn't do a ton great, but it's like you get used to him and you go, well, he's Joe's friend. So, eh, you know, he's Goldie. He does ask stupid things is at he times. Joe's friend? Are they? I think they're legit friends. Okay. I, I think Joe has a, a spot for him. There's always that uh, moment but there was, where I'm like, I have no idea what their story or dynamic is and how have I not. It's crazy. I mean, if I were interviewing Joe, I'd like to get the skinny on that. And that would probably, of course, come later down the years where Joe's like, oh, really? I hated him. But I, I just don't see that. I'll say this. If you're looking at this and you're looking at those two working together, I'm not saying that there isn't a better combination of people, but when one of the first rumored names is Mario Lopez, we all can't help but giggle. So if they're really serious about it, that means that there's got to be somebody who they think is better. And this is apparently quoting Dana White because Dana White is saying that Joe's the best that's ever done it. So I guess, Kevin, who? Yeah. Um, 
Well, I'm going to raise a few candidates I think should be on the talk. I think it would be a blast to have Karen Bryant down calling fights. I think she'd be a fantastic person to uh, throw in there as the leader of the dream team with Joe continuing to give a lot of the color. I think Charlize Theron would be mm-hmm. an awesome addition to the team. Uh, I don't think anybody would look at the fighters anymore if Charlize Theron was there. Nick Offerman, if mm. he's interested and available. The man is doing a series of punches against the cage. It's looking like he should throw in the towel, but he's not. Um, Nick Offerman sound. I'm a genius. That sounds amazing. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's exactly what we should have. With the Although the only behind. sad part about doing uh, uh, Offerman, I think, with cage side is he'd compare everything to a wooden canoe. It would take a while. Yeah. I notice his biceps have the kind of muscles that can only be gotten when one procures an ancient kind of oak tree. Oh, God. He's going on the oak tree. Somebody cut Offerman's mic off now. Somebody hit the oak tree button. Got it. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so we'll see, guys. So keep abreast on that one. Maybe Kevin and I will uh, scrounge up some names and, and chat with you a little bit about some conclusions we've come to. But – it shows that the new owners, you know, want to try and pimp this thing out and make it their own. If it's Joe Beetle. Buck, I'm quitting. UFC. Oh fuck, Joe I'm Buck! Out. Fuck him. I'm just saying. Oh, can't you can't? He doesn't have to fucking commentate every fucking sport. <laughs> just when he see him on football and I hear him in baseball, it's like shut up, pick one. I don't want to see you at both. Uh. I'm excited about this though. I think it's uh it'll be interesting. It'll be a fun so, change. We also shall we? need to congratulate our friend Christian Woodmansey. Yes. We're gonna do this right here up at the top. This is a black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, Raf. From yeah. Andre Galval. Yep. Amazing. So awesome to see. Uh put out a nice congratulations but it's just great to see the hard work rewarded a lot of years on the mat you he trained with drysdale he trained at places prior to that he's trained at a million places across the globe at this point it was it's just so cool he's earned it he is uh you know i i've had the opportunity to train with him and He's great, man. He is, he's one of the people who very early on was a fan of our show, came on our show, did our Around the Mat. Um, you know, it, it's always good when you see him there. I felt like he was that level of brown belt that was always right at black belt. And it was just a matter of time before he would get his acknowledgement. So it, it's super fun when you see your friends accomplish great things in the sport. So I texted Kevin. I was like, did you see this? And he's like, no way. And it wasn't a no way and a, I can't believe it. It's just a, it finally happened and it, it should happen. And if you're going to get a black belt, I guess getting one from Andre Galvao is uh, not too bad. It's fine. So. It's fine. Mm. It's fine. <laughs> uh, speaking of it's fine, we're going to reveal the results of over under Kevin 206. I'm upset about the... We're going to get to it. And then we're uh, going to come back, finish out the fights, 
in the meantime, we should all go to our iTunes page and leave a five-star review. Thanks. Okay, thanks. Bye. All right, everybody. UFC 206 came and went. A lot of people said it wasn't going to be good. We weren't one of those people. Well, most of us. I mean, I didn't talk shit about it. Other people might have. But I don't want to name names. But speaking of names, let's go ahead and bring on uh, some folks. Kev? You're not going to mention that I at least somewhat miscleoed this? Kevin likes attention, guys. I don't know if you've picked this up on the podcast. He likes to acknowledge things that he says he likes to remind me of the things that he says when they're not exactly analysis they're just kind of like bold predictions so i called him a gypsy because he says something and he's going to tell you all what it is he's going to tell you all what it is we'll let john decide from tap cancer out fine 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 john from tap cancer out is on the line and i'm glad that we can bring him into this kerfuffle that we're having in front of everybody but kevin tell him what it is you're so proud about god it would be hard for me to spell kerfuffle as i'm thinking about he says uh here's what happened john when the original bout which was a highly anticipated rematch between anthony rumble johnson and daniel cormier got canceled due to the thanksgiving injury to daniel cormier raf's <laughs> words not mine mm-hmm. raf's words the thanksgiving injury i said i've got a bad feeling about this card and they replaced it and it was uh i was expressing that it never goes well when they do this they should always just reap what they sow and like give it for free once in a while and lo and behold anthony pettis misses weight am i miss cleo did you did you say he was going to miss weight specifically? I, just, I said the card never had did. bad energy. Mm-hmm. I, I said it wasn't going to go great, whatever they tried to do. Well, I mean, people miss weight all the time, but for the, I'll give it to you. For the interim title. You're going to give it to him off of that after first being like, well, did you say <laughs> it was I mean, you could have said Gastelum would make weight. That would have been an, uh, an interesting... <laughs> Listen, uh, I don't know what kind of weird shanty town you live in where you can get totally bamboozled by somebody who walks in and goes, hey, hold on, let me go ahead and guess your life real quick. Do you have a brother? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Great, great. Do you like um, breathing? Oh, I love breathing. Mm, mm. Do you, oh man, what's the word? Do you like Game of Thrones? I love Game of Thrones. Yeah, you're going to die Tuesday. You don't die Tuesday. But in that moment, you felt great. That's what Kevin was feeling this so whole time. Not because what give him, yes, it is. Because you're giving him credit for basically uttering the line, I have a bad feeling about this. Kevin is the person who goes to a Star Wars and is like, oh, I wonder if they're going to say it. Ooh, maybe they're going to say it. Ooh, and then they say it. So listen, guys, there's no real credit to give Kevin. So I'm glad that we had John here to basically prove he's a worthless individual when it comes to giving credit. Second question for him. John, Go on. do you have one of these gray inverted geese from the tab cancer out? <laughs> of course I do. How is it? Give me an honest review. It looks cool, so I'll buy it for that reason alone. <laughs> but comfort, durability, just give us a little scope. Um, it's awesome. 
so I've had it. Uh, I probably had it for a year, um, and absolutely no problems with durability. I don't know. I mean, jujitsu geese, at least the ones of any worth, should last a pretty long time. Certainly more than a year. So I can't claim you know five stars on durability. But uh, from from what I've seen so far, uh, it's fantastic. Um, and uh, but all the other inverted gear geese that I have. Um, and certainly the tap cancer out ones have uh, held up amazingly. Uh, the comfort is really where it's at. Uh, it's, it, I mean, lightweight always feels better, um, but this is super, yeah. super comfortable. Um, you know, a little less warm, but um, that doesn't matter unless That's you fine. live uh, up here. <laughs> and just... Uh shrink at all if you dry it i mean a little bit like because they've got they've got the a3 tall slim they've also got the a2 tall slim uh so if you really want to get into the weeds um the jacket will shrink just a, a little bit the pants are usually true to form uh expect the jacket to shrink a little bit um i'm a six feet 180 i wear i do the a2 tall slim i can never find an a2 that fit it was either like perfect length but uh too baggy or like the perfect fit on my body but too short so when invertigear came out with those half sizes um that's sort of where i jumped on the invertigear geek train and uh so yeah it'll shrink a little bit but not that much it should be good and i'm a i'm a high heat dryer uh, i i can't i don't have time I ain't got time for that. <laughs> leave it outside or hang dry. High heat like, dry. You know, you cardboard. Heard it. I'm a high heat dryer. Awesome. Come on, guys. It's not the end of the world. Wow. Throw it in there. Done in I, a half hour. John, I so I re-listened to last week's episode, and I noticed that you're you, sometimes you get a little hostile. Uh, and <laughs> I, I I understand. Like, yeah, it's one thing to like totally feel that like you know i don't got time for that like okay cool you don't got time to bleed no big deal but then yelling at people come on people come on what's the deal i suppose the air air dryers are going to come after me well i'm an air dryer i'll put that out there right now maybe i'm feeling a a little bit little bowdy about it but i'm not i just want to hear it because you on your side of the world it's cold so i can imagine really not having the time for it when it's super cold for certain parts of the year Right. Is that where it comes from, or do you just, like... No, nah. there's, there's, like... <laughs> from my experience, hang-drying hang them, once they're dry, they're, like, cardboard. And uh, it's just way softer when you dry That's it normally. Also, some of us need that extra Iron Man kind of uh, attack, one might say. Because... I've definitely rolled with people, and uh, I went to a couple grapplethons this weekend, and their geese were a little cardboardy. But I'll be damned if those assholes weren't putting it in my face and trying to scratch off part of my face with it. But you know, I mean, that's just the name of the game. So it's a very courteous thing of you to do, though, John. I heat dry. I, I I'm I'm nothing if not um, soft when rolling with others. Wow. <laughs> Speaking of choice language, I have some choice language I wrote down from your guys' picks over the weekend. Would you care to hear a few? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we'll get to the results in a few minutes because, unfortunately, John didn't watch. So 
<laughs> we're not going to have him pretend like he watched all of the fights, but I'll give you some highlights, and then Kevin and I will talk a little bit about some other fights. But here are some highlights. This is one that I wrote down, uh, and uh, I want to get, I believe, uh, John's response on this one. Okay? So pay attention sure. here, John. Kevin's exact words for this pick was, I'm taking Dober hard. Still am. John, your response. I'm excited we started with this one. Why are you excited, John? Is it the phrasing? Is it Kevin's uh, true love of Drew Dober that maybe didn't go his way? He was blinded by love. And abs. (laughs) It was both. (laughs) He was starstruck, and uh, he, he couldn't make an educated um, pick. And what made your pick so... Mm, I'm not going to call it educated, but what made your pick? Oh, I liked his nickname. <laughs> <laughs> That's what entertains me so much about that one. Uh, it was a good fight, so for you guys who didn't see it, uh, our good friend Drew Dober uh, went up for uh, a fight against Oliver Mercivecu. And, like and Yeah, I mean, that's his name. And uh, all he, he looked really good, man. He had a really solid striking in that first round. And uh, Joe Rogan was giving Drew credit and saying he's the better striker. And it took Drew a little while to find his pace. When we went into the second round, Drew got a really good knockdown. They kept talking about Ollie's great submission game. And they said, this is probably not where Drew wants to be in the fight. And it turns out not so much. He worked from having Drew in his guard, uh, uh, kind of swept him a little bit. Then Drew had him in his guard and he was trying to work from there and he was passing and he eventually got over to his back and secured a rear naked choke to go ahead and give John the correct pick on that one. So Kevin, mm-hmm. uh, shut up, John, what? nobody likes predict. a glower as you predicted. Wow. John, <laughs> John talks so boldly for somebody who just barely looked the results of what happened. <laughs> so yes, the, we appreciate you going the extra mile. Kevin, before I ask you how you felt about it, I should point out to the audience, Kev and Drew are now friends on Facebook. Heartbroken. There is now every single post I've seen of Drew's, Kevin has liked. Kevin, before I get your reaction, how much of a crush do you have on Drew, and how heartbreaking was it? Scale of 1 to 10 on the crush. 7, you know, with potential. I think that's why we're so excited. And on the crushing, uh, 2. It hurt, just mostly because a subpar human was right about something to my face and on record, and that was the part. I was like, you know, Dober will bounce back. Long career, young guy, uh, already on vacation, so that's great. You're <laughs> you're the problem here for me, John. This is a tough pill to swallow. This is like losing in the fantasy football playoffs round one. This hurts. <laughs> Yeah, I I take no joy in this victory, uh, even though I'm sure you can hear the smile on my face. <laughs> uh, I know I know personally how how gutting it can be when you know someone and they lose in any MMA fight, particularly UFC. I don't know why it's like so hard to take. It's worse. I mean, I'd rather be in the cage than than be watching a friend. Uh, it's pretty vicious. Ooh, no, not us. But Kev. <laughs> Are we going to see John Thomas in a cage soon? That'd be amazing. Yeah. Not cancer out when he switches genres. 
know. You never know. Hey, John, we'd love to see you in the cage. I mean, obviously, we'd win either way. We'd either see you strap somebody up, baby to the back with one of those like uh, backpack things, and just work the pads. I'm out. No. Okay. Nope. But we either get to see Drew one do two, or I'm sorry, we'd either get to see John do one of two things: one, he get to you know beat somebody up, or two, he'd get his face punched in, and like you know, um, not the worst, but not the best. So I don't know. We're 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 of two minds on this. And (laughs) where the John, you know, John, I need to get your opinion on this because it's an important question. Somebody posed this to me, and it hurt, and it cut deep, and it made me think a lot. And we need to have an objective outsider voice. And since we can't find one, we're just going to talk to you about it. Sure. Somebody brought up the following. When they saw that Drew lost via submission, they said, well, we know who to blame for that, Raph. <laughs> what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, Kevin, the kiss of death. What do you want? Uh Honestly, though, you did exactly what I did, which is the right way to go about it. I said, listen, Drew and I had a great role. Kevin and Drew. Kevin did nothing for Drew, though. No. we. He showed we, me I, the thigh help machine that they <laughs> use. It's like this giant vibrating pad that feels amazing. <laughs> so then I realized, I was like, you know, and Kevin's the higher ranked of the two of us. So really, the responsibility falls on him. Fucking and up, man. Okay, I hope you you bear a lot of responsibility for that. I do. I'm prepared to. I'm going to get my ass back out to Muscle Farm. Uh, I just need to get a little bit more in shape. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin's just a little sad because at the end of uh, working out over there, everybody likes to show their abs, and Kevin was like, "I'm good." No, let's all. Yeah, (laughs) that takes off. Show yours, not a protector, so. What's that, John? Did you show yours? Oh, no. I don't like to make people feel insulted. <laughs> Speaking but, of things that people should feel accountable for, I'm going to go ahead and say a quote. And, Kev, I'm going to get your response to this one, okay? Fine. This was from John last week. These were his exact words. I just need your response, okay? Fine. Okay. In response to a light heavyweight fight, John said the following. Give me the minor. What was uh, your response to that? And then I'll tell you who it was. Uh, give me the minor. That was the exact quote. You can go back and listen to it. My episode. response is that sounds like classic John. It's a mm-hmm. mix of a call to sexual, but also has like an angriness to it that comes from cold winters. <laughs> Bitterness. Uh, John, do you have any response to that? No, that's fair. The, uh, I was sad to see this result. <laughs> I was pretty. I was pretty confident about this one. You were so I mean, confident about for this my one. Vast right? knowledge <laughs> and your lots of research, because this is the worst part. Kevin's just dumb, but doesn't do any research. You did research and still got it wrong against Kevin, as we've aforementioned. Yeah. I mean, my process was right. It's just, uh, you know, any given Sunday and any any given Saturday night. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about that fight real quick. Uh, Just to kind of bring it in, you both picked uh, Nikita anyway. There was a guillotine finish. It was a pretty good fight. Um, 
But no, like, I guess my problem was when I saw the finish to the fight, the all minor. I could think about was John saying, give me the minor. And I said, you know, there have been Amber Alerts called for less than that. So, you know, we should have known too. Misha Kirkanov is such a violent sounding name. Mm. Great abs too. Just saying. Okay. Uh, well, my theories. No, Kevin does mysterious things on his terms. Yes, I do. All right, this is important to talk about, guys, because we're getting to this point now where we should reveal who won. Before I do, I would like to gauge where the both of you are at. Kevin, how confident do you feel about your picks right now? Not wildly confident. It's not unusual. John? Oh, uh, very a- very average. <laughs> Anybody who's listening to this right now is definitely thinking to themselves, these fucking morons. Really? But I have news for you. And this is important news to go over, which is this. What if I were to tell you guys, maybe, maybe you were equally matched up? Uh, Sounds about right. Well, I don't know how right you were considering... You and Kevin got the same amount of fights correctly Brutal. picked. It was, uh, what, it was like five, six? Hold on. Count this. Kevin's now going through. And this is what I really appreciate about doing this show with Kevin for so long. Is that he's done this game now for what? Like 30 times, 30 plus times. He tells me, I was like, did you write down your picks? And he was like, yeah, I did. I was like, cool. Did you write down John's? And he's like, oh, I didn't do that. And I go, Okay. Vice versa with John, who was just like, I know who I picked. I don't know who Kevin picked. So neither of them has an idea of what the actual number is. But Kevin, do you know what the number is now? Five. Correct. Yay. (laughs) Both of you got five right, which is impressive because, wait, John, do you you dispute this having not seen anything? I have six. Where's your six? Show me your six. I had Holloway over Pettis. I had Cerrone over Brown. I uh, I had Swanson over his uh, over Duho Choi. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's three. Gastelum over Kennedy. Four. Um, I had and then it takes it's a while until I find another one. I had Groovy. I Groovy one right, and then uh, I had the Quebec Kid. One, two, three, four, five, six. Well done. Let's see here. Kev had five. Go back to the tape. Nope, we are correct here. Here's the problem, though. Uh, I was actually hoping for a tie. However, there's one bold I did not see because it's on a second page. Here's the issue, though. You were still going to win. Do you know why? No, why is that? Because I had it where we had to go down to tiebreakers. And whenever we go to tiebreakers, it's really iffy because sometimes you guys pick stupidly or you pick people who aren't even in the realm of getting <laughs> things. So I was just praying when I saw that it was tied uh, that we were going to go ahead and do that. Uh, the new knowledge doesn't change anything of six because correct. Yes, it is six. However, John was going to win with one performance of the night, which was Holloway when he said that Holloway was going to destroy Pettis and turn him from what's that showtime back to HBO, which like on paper, that sounds like a good burn, except HBO is a way more premium channel. 
I that doesn't sound like me. I agree. HBO is better. <laughs> I think I said Cinemax. I thought you said Cinemax too. <laughs> was like, uh, or it was, we brought up Cinemax. Either or. Mm. Mm. All I'm saying here, though, is uh, the following, John. Congratulations on winning. Kevin now has to do what in terms of losing a bet? Oh, a thousand words on why uh, Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback to ever live. Um, Kev, I have to say, be about his looks. I uh, sorry, uh, the Bron- you're a Broncos fan, right? Sorry about the loss today, by the way. I'm a Chiefs oh, fan. He's he's a Chiefs oh, okay. fan. Kansas City oh. originally. A little bit okay, better good. football, but uh, less education. I guess. <laughs> thing to note here, John, is this: um, I don't tend to root for Kevin in these things. I actually actively root against him in many ways. This one I was rooting for him because there was nothing deeper than when a guest tries to weasel out of an agreement they put in where when they say like, yeah, yeah, Kevin has to write this on Tom Brady. And I was like, well, then you should have to write one on Peyton Manning. And the seething, the hurt, the, oh, ow, pain that you were going through, were you nervous that you would possibly have to do that i was terrified (laughs) can you i mean again you you didn't lose and that's great of course not but well again i'm gonna check the tapes to make sure you weren't cheating because patriots fan but there's an important thing here though that i think is a a, a little insight into your brain which i want to know what would your first paragraph had sounded like if you did have to write something about Peyton Manning? It would uh, oh, it would sound like one big long satirical post. <laughs> so it would be on that topic, but you know, just like the Onion is about certain topics, as my article would be. Oh, I see. I guess that would have been where my editor's pen would have come in correct as we posted it on. Verbal tap, but eh, I guess those are just pipe dreams at this point. Kev, have you figured out? You said 250 words are going to be about his looks. Uh, I <laughs> believe that to be true. I it's, think there's room for more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did write down a cursory first sentence mm. that I think is going to help start this off. Uh, do you just want to hear it as a. Yeah. Let's I give it a preview. It down. Because- when I watched the video of Cerrone mm. drop kicking Matt Brown in the face, <laughs> when I saw that, uh, I jotted this down in a drunken stupor in DC after a wedding. It's a game of inches and confidence, and Tom Brady isn't lacking in either category. That's how it's going to start. Wow. Ooh. Well, you did it, John. You broke him. It's uh, it's not been an easy road for Kevin in life, but that was where I think the official uh oh I think Kevin's done is uh come in. John, let's do this. Kevin and I are going to talk a little bit more about the fights, but we're going to go ahead and get you on out of here in a couple minutes. Tell us where people can go to sign up for Tap Cancer Out, which is going down January twenty first in San Diego, and you could see John again out that way if you sign up for that tournament. Good cause, terrible person who heads it, but good cause. Don't talk about my wife that way. Mm. Uh, yes, January 21st. You can, everything is at tapcancerout.org. Uh, find us on all the best social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, 
Uh, we're posting all the the leaderboards, uh, the fundraising leaderboards and such. Uh, it's, a, it's a very close race so far, um, but really easy to uh, register at typecancerout.org uh, and sign up for free as a fundraiser. Raise $250 and you're competing for free. Can't get that anywhere else. So, um, yeah, can't wait. That's sick, man. And so that you make Great. your trek out to uh, San Diego every year, and we always find that you're going to do like you talked about getting a private with Keenan once. Uh, do you have any plans? Because we have a ton of you know folks out here who do jujitsu who aren't too bad in the San Diego region. But have you figured out who you're going to try and do that? Uh, you know, take some of the funds that you use from Tap Cancer Out to give yourself a free private <laughs> lesson, as you've done before. Everybody knows that you've done that. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Looking forward to this vacation. Um, actually, uh, my schedule's pretty booked up already. Uh, we're we're going to stop by a, stu- a school called The Stronghold. They're actually, of the two Tap Cancer Out San Diego BJJ Opens that we've had, they were our um, back-to-back top fundraising team by far. Um, I think they surpassed $10,000 both times, definitely last year, um, because they had one singular fundraiser who raised $7,000. So they always come out in four spring, 40, 50, 60 people. They're in the lead. They have a sizable lead again this year. So um, they would. I'm sure they would love nothing more than a visit from me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad they put you down as Burke. <laughs> right. So this this is how I repay them. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna stop by and I'm gonna. I'll probably show up my favorite sweep or something. Who knows? <laughs> my best guard pulling uh, technique. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. I am quite familiar with the stronghold. That's a f- awesome thing. So it is good of you because. You know, I mean, one of the things that we always say about our community that is so nice is is that the people who really do great things for the community, it's always nice when they train and they roll because, uh, you know, there are certain other sports where people put things together and they're not bad people, but they're just they're not part of that community. They're not that intertwined. So uh, it's just like when we tell people like, hey, you know, we do a podcast and we're like, eh, and we go, well, we train. And they're like, oh, now they're like, yeah, we're shitty at it, but we train. They're like, yeah, you're all right then. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, when I started Tap Cancer Out, it was, it was very important to me. You know, I, I sort of came up with the idea, like, I want to, I want to do something about cancer um, and I love jujitsu, and I just want to figure out a way to bring it all together. And it took a long time for that to materialize, but it was very important that no matter what I did, like I wanted it to, I wanted to make sure that I was an authentic part of it. Um, and I think that's, you know, certainly paid dividends for sure. You know, mm. just being able to go out there and, uh, you know, roll and, um, you know, sweat on the mats and, and all that stuff and, and learn from them and, you know, sometimes teach, but mostly learn. And, um, you know, I, I understand, I, I have the same story that, that they all have, you know, using jujitsu to, um, fight for those who are in the fight of their lives. So, um, I'm glad that somehow I figured out a way, uh, to do it, uh, within the jujitsu community. With some awesome geese along the way. Gonna say absolutely really cool well i'll get to writing um i'll use spell check and i'll maybe have raft proof probably not but we'll get there 
uh, I don't know words. that you want to have me proofread it because <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing in the language that we use, Kev, that said that I couldn't change the words because you have to write it. But we never say anything about me editing it. Raf's post notes. People, people might like to see that in copy form. Absolutely. Well, thank you for swinging by the podcast once more. Uh, to chat us up and we will uh, stay connected especially when you start to bring this dog and pony show out to Denver because I know you like cool cities so is there is there a good community out there jiu-jitsu community yes and growing good good to hear hey for anybody who would like to bring a tap cancer out to their city like we we'd love to go everywhere um, one of the realities of what we do versus, you know, other tournaments that throw all of their gear into a back of a truck and, uh, you know, a 16-wheeler and drive it around or, or whatever, we can't really do that. We rent U-Hauls every time we have a tournament and pack up our own mats and things like that. But the way that we get to other cities like San Diego um, and, well, I guess that's it for, for right now, for other cities. But uh, it's finding partners who can provide uh, mats and a venue if you if you have those two things and and we can even find the venue ourselves it's really the mats um and in san diego we have a great partner grappling x um, who provides the mats for us and um, does a ton to actually promote the tournaments as well but if we get mats we'll come anywhere for real well there you have it guys you not only get the benefit of helping others with lives but you also may and i don't want to put words in mouth you may get a special appearance from john thomas he may show up at your academy he might show his favorite guard pull i'm not i'm not saying not promising it no (laughs) i'm just saying it could happen or even a super secret uh guard stalling technique (laughs) to slow slow the match down to a snail's pace I'm at that John, point in my life where wreck... I would take notes. <laughs> John, go. I hope that you wreck Kevin when you roll with him. That's that's my my Christmas wish coming here out, uh, at the as we end this. Well, John, again, we can't thank you enough. Uh, Tap Cancer Out is the charity. Go look at that up. Um, it's great stuff, guys. And it is. Uh, I want all of SoCal to get behind this. So if you guys are in the area or know people who would like to compete in this, really encourage them to do it because John puts on great tournaments. I know we kid him a lot, but I have never heard a single complaint from anybody who has gone to compete at Tap Cancer Out. And that, my friend, is a very hard, hard sort of thing to hold up. But uh, he's well-beloved in the community. We love it when you come on out this way. So uh, please, please encourage folks to do that. Thank you for that high praise, and uh, thank you for having me on, as always, anytime. Raph, tell me this on the transition, because uh, I want to talk a little bit more about the fights. We we tease this. We're going we're gonna to wrap these, and I have some questions specifically about how he got Dober's back. What happened? Um, yeah, I walked us through this already, but I'll, I'll, I'll say it again very quickly, which was Drew, uh, he punched him. Uh, so Ollie went down, then he pulled guard. He was able to then, uh, work a sweep. He was able to maneuver Drew to the point where Drew had to then put Ollie in his guard 
and uh, he was able to pass put him up against the cage and once he got him over in the cage he just started working his back and drew was doing a really good job of uh two-on-one protection but ollie was very crafty so okay it was it was very impressive to see i mean he is a better jiu-jitsu practitioner um he once he threw on the body triangle on drew i was just kind of like ooh. and i saw drew trying to do the small movements and i don't see a lot of people do that when they get in body triangles but i saw him starting to maneuver uh to at least do the right things to get out of it so uh, kudos to Drew on that one. Kev, we did a fun game, though. This is an important one to know. Yeah. I Every once in a while, I know we, we like to do this, but I said there was a fight that was worth so many words that we need to chat about it. Okay. Okay? Yeah. I couldn't have been happier with this fight. We're talking fight of the year, I I think. The second round of this fight... And I know some people are still probably going to go on the Lawler Condit fight, and that was a great one too. But the second round in this fight, Kevin, is compelling mixed martial arts. It is a very technical fighter against a guy who likes to brawl and can knock the shit out of people. It was a featherweight fight between Cub Swanson and Du Ho Choi. And Kev, Joe was beside himself after that fight. And he was just so happy. You know, it was it was a great, great fight. I can't implore it. If you guys haven't seen it, we have clips of it that we put up on the Facebook page. But I'm going to go ahead and tell you, in response to the prompt that we put up for this, which was describe this fight in three words, and we'll read some of them on the show. Here's some. Uh, <laughs> one of our friends put powerful Max Holloway, which uh, wasn't quite in regard to either Cub Swanson or but I like that it was just acknowledged yeah we just wanted to make sure people remembered Uh, the next one comes from Dan Hubler who says losing my money (laughs) Marco Cruzat said mesmerizing to watch the Jason Friesen said stupid head movement and I think he means stupid head movement in the good way which is like oh damn that's a stupid head movement that's just a few. On our, our own Facebook page, we had some folks chime in with theirs, and it said uh, as follows. Uh, straight fucking savages. Good use of effing on these first two, well, actually. he's not the only one. Here we go. In fucking sane. Way to split up in and fucking. With <laughs> say, that's a great, like, that's a really good cussing interjection. Uh, would you, did you have the next one? Yeah. Epitome of heart. Lucas, uh, yeah, heart and, heart and balls. Uh, next one is from Neil Ramos. It says, badass, fight of the night, which doesn't quite, quite it's, you know, do the, like, it, you know, we put small parameters. Of the night, you should have put dashes. Made it all one. Or you just could have put F-O-T-N, which is a, a nice way of cheating it. But you know what? Who are we to tell you? Maybe you're just breaking rules because you want to break them. And uh, Kev, I, do you want to? Can I take say this off? next one? Absolutely, go I for can. It. I'm good. Yeah. That that last word's not a slur of any kind. Well, you know that's what I was worried about. It was like, uh, thanks, Jeff. It's obvious. I think you could. I think you're good, right? Why? No, you you should try it. Bro, delay, vato. There we go. So, guys, I it's hard to impress upon you how good this fight was. Point. 
it was it took us so many different places the first round oh shit we're getting people here more and more people are chiming in as we speak jonathan gonzalez chimes in with never say die apparently it's the new pride uh <laughs> benjamin unanuo and i'll read it like he would say it but here you go ben Un. says mm, new bj pen That's, that's how he would say it. I'm just saying. If you're not picking up no, what all these things are trying to impress upon you people, it is that this. Yes, you did have a technical fight. So basically, you had Cup Sonson teeing off on Choi's head the entire time. Okay? <laughs> and he put him down with such vigor that, I mean, he should have been out several times in the fight. But in the second round especially, you saw Choi really start to fight back and start to clip Swanson in ways that looked dangerous starts to beat him up against the cage. I mean, he's covering up and it gets to this point where you've got head movement that was saving both of them. But Kev, the head movement wasn't protecting them from taking these deep shots and cuts on each other. Like we're talking survival instincts in some of the most impressive forms from both fighters to the point where at the end of it, I don't really think either of those people lost. You had two 30-27s, but if you were to watch that fight again – I don't even know if you really want to rank it. I think you just want to look at one guy and go, I think you won. And that's it. That's how good a fight that was. So uh, we'll, we'll put this up to our listeners. Do you guys think this was fight of the year or do you think it was Londit, uh, Collar Londit, <laughs> Collar Londit, <laughs> Lawler Condit? Or do you have another fight that you thought was uh, more deserving of it? But I mean, it was a great way to, to make that UFC 206 card because you were saying it was cursed. But it ended up being super fantastic. There were some other fights we should probably go That's over. That's true, well. actually. I do. <laughs> Apparently, there were some really great and moments, Kev, despite my prophecy. Well, when you watch the rest of these fights, I need you and I to have a sit-down discussion about Swanson versus Choi. Because I think that deserves more time on this podcast to be broken down at a later date. It was just that good. So, keep that in mind. Okay. Uh, but let's talk about... Let's talk about this. What do you want to know about Holloway versus Pettis? Uh, the knockout. How does it get set up? Like he, he looked like he had pinned him. I mean, it was in the third round, so I don't really have much of a gauge on how the first two went, but it seems like Holloway was dominating the fight. I have two questions. One, what was the pace prior to the TKO? Two, What's going on with Pettis? Do you think it was partially weight cut, or is this more of a about how great Max Holloway is, or is it just uh, was Pettis in a bad place? Many of those things. Okay. Um, would you like to hear one joke that maybe may uh, be an indication of how the night was going for one Showtime? Yeah. Okay. It, it's a tough one, but. Uh, one of the jokes we put up on our uh, our Twitter was, uh, Pettis, let's review. My dick doesn't work anymore. My arm's broken. I'm super fat. Can we just give Holloway the belt now? <laughs> now, Kev, there's a lot in that, so let's break that down. Yeah. At the very first let's round, we stop. had Pettis, who went back to his corner after the first round and goes, I think I broke my arm. So not looking very good. Joe picked no. up on it. He was able to tell us. That it didn't look good. And it started to make sense. Well, we come to find later in the night, he broke it in the very first punch. So we're talking that dude was trying his best. And at a certain point, if your arm's broken, there's only so much you can really do. All right. 
There's not much. So number one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there's that. Then if we go into the next step, which is as follows. Uh, the dick doesn't work anymore. Well, I think that's one. It should be pretty self-explanatory. But he was already starting to go in survival mode. And uh, Holloway just happened to connect in the nether regions, which then prompted him to be like, yeah, my dick. So they gave him his time and he was recovering just fine. But you have to think, I think the, the, the kick in the dick was definitely the moment where he goes, oh, why am I doing this? <laughs> this is terrible. Because, again, as we've mentioned uh, prior in here, he also came in fat. So I think all of those things combined made it so that he wasn't quite there in any way um again let's not overshadow the fact that holloway was very there he was very precise with his striking and despite uh pettis's efforts to try and make it a little bit more competitive i i think most people were watching that didn't have a ton of ways they thought the pettis could win the fight especially knowing the privilege knowledge that we did which was joe saying hey he's got that broken arm so yeah i mean he was you know pettis was trying some kicks in there and Broken doing his damnedest but uh, th- th- there's not much to go off of at that point so yes your new interim uh well <laughs> i love that they, they call it a featherweight uh <laughs> what is it the honorable conor mcgregor belt if he's given it up interim blah 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 that division the one that jose aldo is apparently the champ of he's junior champ so there you go all right. Well, I'm excited for them to get uh, the whole junior senior thing figured out here in the coming months. And Cerrone's just Cerrone. Yeah, I know. I, Although, I bet against him on a whim, but let's be really clear, though. I mean, you were going with your heart. You were going with Matt Brown and Got Drew. The yeah. they're, they're besties on the show, and Matt Brown was being, uh, you know, a little not um, friendly not to Donald Cerrone. Yeah, they've they've trained together. So I think Cerrone knew it was kind of an act. And we hate to say this, too, but I think Drew Dober said as much when we were interviewing him. Where he's like, yeah, no, no, no. It was uh, uh, John Combs. John was like, yeah, like Matt Brown's a softy. He's a great guy. Like, really, he's a good guy. So he's like, oh, no, am I giving away his like tough guy exterior? And when we knew Matt, he was very courteous and kind to us. So, like, I get it. But. I think in order to get into that fight mentality to fight somebody again as crazy as Donald Cerrone, that was the choice he was making. So the first two rounds, Cerrone was crisp. He looked really good. But in true uh, Goldie fashion, and maybe this is the reason they want to replace him, every time Goldie said the following, he was like, oh, Donald Cerrone is just teeing off on Matt Brown. Like Matt Brown would like start beating the shit out of Donald Cerrone. So – he kept saying it and kept saying it. And I was like, it's not to say that Cerrone isn't crushing this fight and isn't doing well, but like Matt Brown wasn't overmatched the entire time. Matt Brown got some staggering kicks and, and punches himself in and was using his reach on Donald Cerrone to kind of be a little more elusive. So it was a great fight. They make it to the third round when they both come in. Uh, I mean, Brown was kind of not really you know, doing the whole touch gloves fully sort of thing. But by the end of that third round, in true Donald Cerrone fashion, he just went over and was like, come on, dude, let's do it. Let's do it. 
And then they hugged it out before they started that third round, to which some people said that was the moment that Matt Brown lost the fight. I argue one thing, Kev. He does the hug, and he does the kind of hug that I do to you, which is like, hey, come here, and then I immediately take you down. (laughs) So he did that where he just like does the high five, and then they kind of back away, but then he charges in for that takedown. And I was like, ah. So it didn't quite work for Matt Brown. He ended up getting a kick from the end of the night. And a super respectful Donald Cerrone, he saw he was out and just let it at that. So. Um, there was that. There's also this side story, Kev. I don't know if you know this, but there's that whole um, martial arts uh, athletes group that they have now. Yes. And apparently, Donald Cerrone pissed off Dana White when he was shown to be on that side. Wow. How does he know? And, well, because they had Dana go on some, you know, shows to explain himself to promote 206, and he said how pissed he was. And he said that he's literally saved Donald Cerrone. He paid for $100 one time or $100,000 legal fees to get Cerrone out of trouble one time and was saying he can't believe it. He feels blindsided by it. How dare he? And the next day Cerrone's like, yeah, it's true. He bailed me out. We'll have some dinner. We'll talk it over. Turns out at the media day, they go back. They discuss it with each other. Donald Cerrone saying, as a fighter, he just wants to have health care. He wants to be taken care of as a fighter when he's done in three to four years. He wants other fighters to be taken care of. And apparently, they were on good terms by the end of that meeting, is what Donald Cerrone said in the post-presser. Well, that's good. That's nice. That they're patching things up. You know, all those unreasonable things that Dana's like, fuck you for thinking that. So anyway, uh, yes, I'm glad they they uh, did those up. But let's also talk uh, Kelvin and Tim. Oh, I do. I want to hear what happens. All right. So how do this you see I... this fight going, Kevin? Because I know that you know the result of it. But like just between the way the two of them fighting and and you being familiar with it, how did you imagine that fight going? I expected Tim to come out pushing the action and have some moments and Kelvin to get a little comfortable. Uh, But this is also Kelvin fighting at the weight class he's supposed to be fighting at and Tim fighting one down, which means there's a lot of interesting endurance play and power. And I'm I'm just curious if uh, as the second round, I know they're both in shape. Kelvin's maybe the, I guess uh, a little bit better striker. I was surprised by this. I thought Tim Kennedy would land some bombs, but to see Kelvin knock him out in the third means Kelvin did what he does, which is he gets some people up against the cage and puts pressure. What happened? He finds a way is as our good friend, uh, John Thomas said, Kev, you're not far off. So at the very beginning, you had Tim Kennedy who was pushing the action and at certain points was uh, kind of working from, uh, getting Kelvin in, in a little bit more wrestling scrambles. He was working almost kind of from turtle. He was kind of like trying to take his back, was almost successful, doesn't quite get the hooks in, but like is working Kelvin a little bit. But Kev, you mentioned something about Tim Kennedy being, you know, big muscular kind of a dude. Do muscles have any downside? Yeah. Yes, what are those? You know, they're pretty heavy to carry, so mm-hmm. at times, it can be a real way down. Well, correct. In this particular instance, Tim Kennedy, I think he just 
started getting a little tired, which is very rare to see from him. I've seen him get a little tired and then kind of work through it. This was him getting exhausted. By round two, you start to see his energy levels are going down, and Kelvin is starting to feel real comfortable, starts picking in his shots really well. At this point, you know, we we make it to a third round, but you could see Tim's not doing great. In the third round, he's trying to put up some fights. He's trying to kick back, but at a certain point, his punches are just, they're in search of a person, and they're kind of whiffing, and it's a rough way to see Tim Kennedy. I don't think we've ever seen him like that. Some people were saying it was the two years of uh, cage rust. Definitely could be a factor, but I wondered if the output of someone whose endurance is one of their key qualities, as is a Kelvin, as you mentioned, at his better weight class, uh, makes sense. Well, guess what? What do you think uh, the topic of conversation was when Kelvin did win? Title shots? No, no, no. We're not there yet. Oh. Could have been. Could have been if he didn't come down with a case of fat. No. Um, would it surprise you if he was asking for another chance? Oh. At the prior. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. Don't so, do it. That's going to happen again, apparently. Um, I hope not. He said he, he doesn't matter what it takes, if he's got to go and bag on Dana White's door or anything like that. But, Kelvin, you look so much better in this weight class. And I understand it's not an easy task to be going up against monsters like Tim Kennedy in that weight class. But please don't go down any more weight. It, it's become very apparent that he says he lets himself get too big outside of uh, fight camps. But, like, dude, those weight cuts, it just demonstrated it's not the smartest thing in the world. And, you know, don't make – you know what? This is going to be my new compelling case to people. We used to have the Joe Rogan who would complain about the tie cup, and he'll still do it. He'll go on he'll for 30 give minutes. him t- just the slightest opening. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to start telling people this now who are fighters. Do not give Joe Rogan the invitation to talk about the problems with weight classes because I will have him sit down with you for 30 minutes until you see the error of the weight cut ways because Joe will do it. So that's what we're going to start threatening people with. In other news, Kev, a Viking beat a dude who was pretty good and was putting him on him in the very beginning, basically had a collapsed rib in the first round. Still found a way to make a compelling case to come back and win it all in the end. So wow. that was a good fight to see. Um, like I said, the the main pay-per-view people were very pleased with, especially when one where they had to invent a title where they then couldn't quite explain what that meant. They got a little confusing toward the end because they were saying like, well, since Pettis missed weight, uh, the way this fight's going is Max Holloway can only win the title. But if pettis wins he doesn't win the title and uh i later wrote this joke and i hope it entertains you it is confusing but i said little known fact holloway's scheduled to fight five rounds pettis is scheduled to fight for six for missing weight the sixth round is a treadmill (laughs) so i guess he was glad that it didn't go the full six rounds Uh, elsewhere on the card drew dober i mean we've talked about that that was tough to watch um other pretty good fights the undercard was pretty good as well um 
Rustin Kabilov was was very solid in in his unanimous decision of 30-27, and there's nothing there. But if I can tell you guys, Lando Venata with his spinning wheel kick, it was definitely it was such a good knockout that at the end of the night, Donald Cerrone said, "He's like, dude, I don't deserve that knockout bonus. You need to give it to Lando." And Lando ended up getting a performance of the night, as did Max Holloway. And the fight of the night went to Cub Swanson versus Duho Choi. So uh, that's kind of our wrap-up on UFC 206. It was quite good. Fantastic. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, And that's Be Still Me, our episode tonight, which means it's time for some shout-outs. I was in D.C. this weekend, Raph. And it was my birthday Saturday. Not why I was there. Uh, Massive thanks to the King parents for hosting us. Great water pressure in the shower. That's always a double bonus. (laughs) We got to see Shivali. We got to see Judson. Some uh, friends out there, the Snyders. And uh, it was a blast. All leading up to a really spectacular wedding that was at an old firehouse. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. They, it's a restaurant converted space. It did like the whole thing. It was a really fun wedding. So congratulations to Chris Harris, Kate Conway. Tying the knot in style with a lot of a party and a lot of drinks. It was like uh, 6 to 1 p.m. just or 1 a.m. went flying by. <laughs> so early morning wedding. Uh, no, it was fantastic. A really good trip. I also just want to publicly thank your wife again. Uh, for getting me addicted to Southwest Airlines. Just such a Mm. pleasant flying experience. And I'll give them a shout-out as well. The steward, they're just so funny. (laughs) The flight attendants are all about it. And overall, remarkable trip, remarkable weekend, thanks to all of the birthday wishes. Uh, Great art from the photo shoot at VMAC. I enjoyed the uh, post, (laughs) but the fine. And the don't tell me what to do, Raph wrote a note. Apparently, he's figured that out when things are written. Listen, uh, I don't like the fact that Facebook tells, tells you, you yeah. hey, it's Kevin's birthday. Want to wish him a happy birthday? No, I fucking don't, Facebook. No, I'm not Get there out my yet. Job. I don't want to. Do you know our dynamic? Do you know what Kevin does? He doesn't deserve a happy birthday. He's weed and puppying. Mm. Puppy weeding. And overall, a uh, really fun trip. So. And uh, that's going to do it for me, Raph. Hey, everybody. We've had a pretty good week here. Uh, even better when you get to go do some uh, cool drop-ins. I went to, I believe it was Pacific Top Team the other night, and I got to attend a grapple-thon that was put together by our good friend, Monte, Monte Wiley, who, man, he's so good at doing these. I I just get so excited whenever I hear he's putting one of these events together because the community is so happy and you see everybody at their best and everybody shows up and you feel like you're doing something good for a little while. And as I explained to people, it's like we're terrible human beings, but every once in a while we get behind stuff like this because, you know, we can be shitty people throughout the year and then maybe once in a while be pretty okay people but uh this one was uh no no slouch in there so it was it was cool to catch up with him and uh uh the black belt in honor yesterday was jp garcia who was so so cool uh 
apparently there's going to be a surgery later on that everybody was helping to raise some money for. And uh, it, it was also featuring a foundation called um, Operation Homeless Stay Warm. So two really, really cool causes that people were going through. Um, basically, this one was in help of Pacific Top Team Corona's Juan Pablo Garcia. Uh, the bio reads, you know, he's one of the most hardworking, selfless and humble people to dedicate their whole thing to jiu-jitsu. Two years ago, he sustained an injury that left him with three herniated discs in his C4, C5, and C6 of his spine. Uh, the result has been left him dealing with constant pain, numbness throughout his body. You know, he's had several therapies. Unfortunately, it's not getting any better, and they've recommended surgery. And he's put off the surgery due to cost, but it's becoming more difficult for him to deal with daily. So, unfortunately, um, you know, he opened his own academy in 2015, and uh, he said that because of opening his own academy and trying to be good to his students, that he couldn't do it. So it was really cool of Monte to help put this together. Uh, it was super cool. They had six-minute rolls, which I later found out were seven-minute rolls. And you don't really know that until you're rolling with black belts and brown belts, and you go, oh, God, how long is this? But I met so many nice people, and the supporting project was the uh, the winter operations for homeless stay warm group. Um, basically, they take up uh, a collection of blankets and jackets, and uh, they try to provide them to the community. And they said that you know they've gotten work and help from a lot of the local communities and from uh, a lot of folks like us. So. If you guys can look up those sorts of things, find out more about them, find out what you can do to support them now that the uh, Grapplethon has ended. But I want to say thank you to everybody who I rolled with. Um, we met a whole bunch of new friends, and we always try to be super friendly to people. And a lot of that comes from the great uh, people who help uh, establish it and get it ready to go, like Bonte. And to JP, who couldn't have been nicer. So uh, we may be hearing from him soon in some uh, capacities. But... Yeah, that, that was some uh, fun time. So to everybody who I got the chance to roll with, coup. To everybody who beat me up, thank you. And thank you. Th- Shut up, Kevin. Don't don't encourage them. Yeah, I know. I know what you're thinking. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was very, very cool to be around. So I made my way, way over to Corona. Um, I also got the opportunity today to go to a three-and-a-half-hour long open mat, which was super great. We had my good friend Blake roll through, and uh, he's getting tougher, man. I haven't, I haven't rolled with him in a bit. And he was doing this thing that I was like not a fan of called passing my guard. And I was just like, Jesus, God, you can stop that at any time. That'd be great. <laughs> so kudos to Blake. Kudos to Valley Martial Arts Center for a great, great uh, long extended open mat. And my good friend Alex Perez, who uh, he went to, he hosted his own open mat from 10 to 12. Then I said, hey, who's coming to a long open mat from like, one to four thirty, and he goes, "I'll be there at two. And I was like, "Oh, that's awesome! Wait, shit, hold on. Are you doing your open mat from ten to twelve, and then taking time off to rest and shower, and then come back and do another two hours? Fucking insane!" By the end of it, we grab some dinner afterwards, and he just looks at me and he goes, "Ref, I'm, I'm really sore." And I was like, "Yeah, moron. That's what happens when you train for that long. <laughs> How are you surprised by any of this? Anyway." 
Kudos to Alex, uh, as well as our good friends at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. Another week of great training. If you guys want to go ahead and show on up, we are seeing more training go down Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. You look up that information on Facebook. You'll see myself there. And we've got breaking news. Eric Medina is going to host his very first seminar at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. It's going down Sunday, December 18th. So if you guys can make it, they're going to have uh, a 1 p.m. It's 20 bucks, And then afterwards, there's going to be a jiu-jitsu holiday potluck party. So everybody is invited. You can find out more information on the event page on our, our Facebook. And uh, we're stoked because we want to support the guy and say, uh, let's see a little bit more of that darts there, Eric, because it's, uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And I think that, my friends... We'll do it for me. That's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thank you for listening. Good night. And hey, other podcasts, we see you. We see you. Don't give us your shit. And we aren't in person. Yeah.